Hello everybody and welcome to the Functional Fitness Podcast. This is episode number four. And I have with me the phenom, the destroyer of wads, Fraser Clark. Wow, that, that is an intro. <laughs> That's cool, right? That came, is an intro. That came to my head like when I was sitting talking to you there. So um, yeah, so just for those of you that, that don't know who Fraser is, uh, Fraser is our head of operations and programming at the, uh, the Functional Fitness Gyms. And... So I've got him on here to discuss all things programming, all things functional fitness, and uh, but I actually want to start, Fraser, with you, kind of just give yourself a, a brief intro again for those of you that maybe don't know who you are, and uh, maybe a little bit of background into what you've done, sort of sporting-wise, <clears throat> and excuse me, and then also how you found CrossFit. Okay, um, so I'm Fraser. Uh, I am, uh, like Johnny says, operations and programming for for functional fitness. Um, Based predominantly in St Andrews, um, it's where I do the majority of my work. Um, been part of the team since October twenty sixteen, so relatively early doors in the in the realms of St Andrews. Um, but uh, started off as part time, um, so just coaching a few classes here and there, and picking up a few clients here and there. And then um, while I was part time, I, I I had another full full time job. Um, Working, working at a pub. I managed a pub in in St Andrews, um, and then I got to this kind of stage where I was I was busy. Um, I was like too busy, um, like with work in the pub, with work like in the gym. So I, I had to like right make a decision. I was like, okay, what am I gonna do with my life? So, um, you guys give me a bit of a push to say, hey. Come, 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 and do this with us full time. So we saw, we saw the potential. We saw the, we saw there was something there for sure. Yeah. So then uh, it came to about a year after I'd first started, where I finally took the plunge. Uh, of saying, right, I'm going to come on board full time. Um, and then yeah, I've never, never really looked back. Um, so what did that? <clears throat> so transitioning from the public, what, what was that as a transition like? Like was that quite? Was that something that was quite scary at first? Because I mean, speaking from personal experience, moving from a position where you're, you know, uh, you, like you're in a full, like a full-time job, or you've got like a set wage, to stepping into a world where actually the wage is not always regular. Yeah. So, so like, and and that was the scariest part of that was um, this this unknown um, financial and very much like in the pub, like I, I'd done it for so long, I was massively, um, massively in my comfort zone. Um, the routine was 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 pretty set um from from the get go. Um did the same hours most weeks and then um so to take that point away, hey, let's just do something a little different where um the demands are, are obviously vastly vastly different. Like yeah. like the two worlds are so, so different. Um, so wait all of us and James and you know, so it's one of those things where like you coming in with like these other ideas that on the face of things seem so damn obvious. But for you just to come in and say it, we're like, oh yeah, wait a minute, and and following on from that, right? And you know, we're we're going to look at sort of Fraser's kind of um, past a little bit more in terms of sporting past and moving from a pub to a small gym, like a micro gym, right? Um, and it's you you said it's in we're in the relationship business, which that's exactly what we are, right? What are the major differences between the like the relationship business? in terms of a small gym versus if you'd moved from the pub 
and gone to work for a large chain. So differences, so like the in the pub trade, like you very much your relationship, but it's a blank relationship. So it's like from the minute they walk through the door to the minute they leave, there's your relationship, but mm. but like that that's your relationship essentially done. Like you want to give people the best experience possible so that they come back. Um, but when you're when you have like thousands of people that walk through your door, they like like very rarely do you know, do you know people right whereas like stepping into the micro gym it's like I like I'm in a really fortunate position where I know the majority of my members on a first name basis yeah and yeah. like it doesn't necessarily mean we talk about the fitness talking and it's literally like you walk up and say hey how's your day like you you genuinely have an interest in like every single person that walks through yeah your door so like it's a, a much more meaningful relationship like from like from the off yeah and um, because you see these people daily and because well while these businesses are growing they're 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 small enough that that you know you know everyone on, on a on a much more personal level yeah than, than than i ever did in the pub now i i had regulars in the pub that yeah of course that came in every day and you'd have a bit of banter with and stuff and you'd get to know quite well but that was like a minute percentage that was like the one two percent sure yeah. whereas like in the pub like it's a total like mm. or sorry in the gym it's like a total role reversal you know nine to eight percent of your membership membership and and you're you know a bit about their life and what they do away from the gym and what they do for a job and yeah um for you like what are the major differences in terms of let's say working in a pub i mean it might not necessarily have to be a pub let's just call it like a regular job you know where your hours are set your money's set all that kind of stuff and you've got like a structure that's already in place essentially by someone else to come in and on board with us where, I mean, and let's be honest, right? When you, I mean, certainly when you came on board, like we were nowhere close to having the procedures and systems that we have now, right? Yeah, so so um, that was the, the the biggest, the biggest change on that was, I worked for a, a pub chain that was massive. There was 800 pubs across the UK. So so everything had a system um, and it, it was straightforward because mm-hmm. like you had someone to go to if you weren't sure or you just followed the procedure and, and boom, you came at your conclusion. Whereas stepping into like this the world of like a, a what what is a tiny like a tiny yeah. small business yeah. uh where systems and procedures for a lot of things are literally non-existent, non-existent. you're literally like <laughs> you gotta make it up yeah you're literally, you you're literally making stuff up as you go along <laughs> yeah um but that was cool and i think like from and that, i think that was one thing that that was massively beneficial was having myself come in and, and be like right well we need a procedure for this and we need a procedure for that so like and i think in the in the first year we we kind of made strides towards that. It was like yeah. for for little various things we've got we've got some procedures in there that that kind of make sense now and, and yeah. they're they're now a given. So. Yeah. And did you did you take some of those from the pub or was it one of those things where like you had a chance to kind of like come in and kind of like freelance that a little bit? You were able to kind of you know. Uh, some of it. Um. Some of it is applicable. Um. Because like both in terms of the similarities in businesses, um, they're both customer facing. Mm. Um, they're both customer service. Like, yeah, it's a fitness industry, but really, like, it's it's a relationship so, business yeah, more, than, more than anything. Yeah. Um, and that's ve- and that's very it's very similar to to what I was doing. So some some of the stuff that you could I could take and drop direct in. Like we used to do this, boom, drop that in. Other things you're like, right, how can I relate back to what to something that I did in the pub that's going to work for us in in the gym? So that so that was challenging. Yeah, but that's. But that was one of the major things for me, like working with you, that actually made a massive difference to my life and Graham's life. And uh, so look at the staff side of things. So, like, you know, I guess in the, I would imagine that the staff in a pub 
would be different than here, obviously, right? because I mean our team has not really changed that much in the past what a couple of years or something, a year and a half or something. Like, yeah. There's not there's not been much of a change really. There isn't that influx of of kind of like new young students or something coming in and working for you, right? It's like yeah. because we have a team here and right now it's pretty set and we're pretty solid. Yeah. So um, and that and so in the pub, yeah, for sure. Um, your staff turnover uh, is pretty high, particularly in St Andrews, where you're 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 a, you're a student town, so sure. um, you constantly have new faces coming in the door, and that's difficult in itself because you're constantly training and retraining people, and yeah. Um, and and yeah, so there's not really a there's not even too much of a close relationship between your staff. Yeah, okay. um, there particularly if you have a member of staff that say works one like one shift a week. They come in and they work your busy shift. So they come in and they work eight till close on a Saturday and for the five hours that they're working, they're getting slammed. Like yep. you're not you're not standing asking them how their day was because you've got time yeah, to do that. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, whereas here, like we, I mean our team's grown massively, um, but like we all got on really well. We all know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we all like have an interest in what each other's up to. It's quite close knit. Yeah. Um, and that's we spend a lot of time we spend a lot of time together. Yeah. Um, but that makes the working environment uh, far more enjoyable. Yeah, of course. Because um, essentially you've got a bunch of people that are like minded, mm-hmm. whereas the hospitality trade in particular for a lot of people. I apologise if this is not how you view the hospitality industry, <laughs> but it's very much stopgap. Like a, it's a stopgap for uh, bigger and better things. It's like like. I'm going to do this until I have enough money to go and do this or until I'm qualified to go and do this. It's very much a stopgap. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. And I think there's, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a select few who kind of uh, ascend into the management of that. And, yeah, and yeah. those guys are bloody, I mean, I, I worked in a hotel like before uh, moving into the fitness industry and like the, the manners, I guess, I guess it's very much like yourself in the pub in a way that like the, the, there is this influx of people. And then they disappear off. Yeah. And you've got this, and it must be hard. That must be hard to manage, in a sense, yeah. because you've got to retrain people, like you uh, said. Oh yeah, right? constantly. That's difficult. So, yeah. like, I mean, anyone that's in like management or whatever in these kind of industries, like you are, like, the boss because you are yeah. having to deal with that. Yeah. And I, we feel very fortunate, I suppose, with us here because we've got a pretty solid team now. You know, in time, will there be people that maybe leave and go and do other things? Yes. Will there be new people that come in and we have to retrain? Yes, absolutely, yeah. But it, you know, it's really yeah. steady. It's pretty steady, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's cool. So let's uh, okay. So let's let's turn back because we kind of went on off on a bit of a tangent there. But um, let's talk about your uh, sporting background. What have you done in the past that kind of makes you pretty damn good at CrossFit now? What's kind of carried you on right now? Okay, so um, yeah, so I started off as a youngster. Um, I was a swimmer. Um, I swam from about the age of five until midway through high school. Okay. Um, pretty competitively. So um, that I swam. So I stay just outside um, St Andrews, and I travel to um, Glenrothes, where and I trained there all all the way through. Um, I was in a, a a training group that was that was also pretty competitive. So um, guys that were making finals at British Championships, making that were Scottish champions. So I trained in what was a pretty competitive group. Um, now I was pre- I was pretty good at swimming, uh, but I was never at that level. So I swam at nationals multiple of times in 
and meddled at Scottish schools, etc. But that was that was kind of it. Okay. Um, and then when just as I transitioned into high school, I kind of found rugby, and I really found rugby because um, when I went to high school, like I I, I dabbled in football and. And I, I just didn't enjoy football at, at school. Right. So I had a group of friends that were like, hey, like, come and play rugby. Yeah. Um, we are definitely not built for football. No, 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 no. <laughs> so rugby was something that came relatively natural to me. Like, hey, yeah. just get the ball and run. Yeah. So, um, so... Wait, that's all rugby is, right? Yeah, just pick up the ball, pick up the ball and run. <laughs> uh, pa- like, only pass it if you have to. Yeah. Um, no, no, so not at all. But, um, <laughs> um, so... Uh, when I was at high school and in that transition, I was kind of doing rugby and I was swimming. Two things that like kind of complement each other relatively well. Um, but I got to that stage where I was like 15 and like how good I, wa- like, how good I was at r- rugby was kind of starting to get noticed. Um, so I'd gotten to this point where I was, I'd gone on to like what is now the kind of pathway um, towards professional rugby, so they, they pick you out as a under 14, under 15, and they put you into like what at that stage was a, a Fife squad. Um, kind of like a super team. Like, like yeah, so like they pull the best yeah. they pull the best players out of the teams in Fife and, and make a Fife, a Fife team to go and play other areas. So yeah. I'd been selected for that, but what that meant was like an increased training commitment. Okay. Now for those people who, who know what swimming's about, swimming is about hours spent in the pool those doing, early early mornings, doing, right? Yeah, doing, oh. doing doing meters. Yep. And I couldn't do both. Or in my opinion, I, I, and as a, a fourteen year old, I was like, I can't do both. Um, I was about to go into like what was my first major set of exams at school. Sure. I was trying to be good at swimming. I was trying to be good at rugby. And ultimately, of those three, something I had to give. So the first, the one thing that couldn't give was like I had to, I had to do well at school. Sure. So. Um, so I was like, right, between swimming and rugby, I was like, really, what am I going to choose? Because I could go through the next three or four years up until my late teens being average at both. Okay. Or I could be like really good at one or the other. Sure. Okay. So that was like a big decision. But really, the the deal breaker for me on, on terms of that was um, I always swam better in a relay. Okay. So like I always... I always had my best performances in the pool as part of a team. So I was like, right, I'm clearly cut out for team sport. Yeah. So um, I'm going to play rugby. Right, okay. And that kind of, yeah, that, and that flows. Yeah, right and, 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 and really, th- that, was the, that was the only decision maker. How much of, uh, how much of you, I mean, I, I could probably tell the answer quite easily, but how much has swimming transferred over to making you a better rugby player? Um, so I was strong. Um, and I was, uh, I moved better than most. Okay, like you understood your body more. Yeah, um, yeah, and and that was really it. So like by the time you by the time you're like fourteen, fifteen, like I was still bigger than I was still bigger than everyone else. Right. Um, you not like you're so you, essentially you were like the biggest dude, but also you were probably the fittest dude because your cardiovascular. Yeah, uh, yeah, my cardiovascular, my cardiovascular was 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 pretty good. I remember at school, um, whenever we did the, uh, we I don't know why they make kids do this, but we did the bleep test, right? You know that fucking horrible thing. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, running, running. Uh, and it was every time. It was two lads, uh, Bruce Burnett and Scott Dyer. If you guys ever listened to this, uh, I hated you guys because every time they would not stop because they running. were better than you. I, <laughs> sad thing is, like most people are better than me. But the uh, 
but they just like you would stop at I don't know what level and then they like you'd be sat there for ages just watching them and the, the buggers wouldn't stop anyway so that, that fitness obviously carried on really nicely for you yeah so then I'd, by this point I'd, I'd, I'd kind of patched swimming and, and I was I was I dived in two feet um, into rugby so yeah. um, <coughs> what I never uh, what I never uh, took on, on board with rugby that uh, even as a youngster I was like injuries were going to happen right. um, so yeah me and injuries for uh, on a rugby base weren't we, we didn't have the best relationship um, so I went through that little pathway system and then I reached the point of what was like under 16 so that was like the first year where they're like this kind of matters um, where you went from your Fife team into what was uh, what's now known as a Caledonia region so that's um, all of northeast Scotland. So we go as far west as Stirling and all the way north okay. as the Caledonia region. So there was four, in rugby, there's four regions in Scotland. So you've got Caledonia, which is the biggest region by far. Um, you've got Edinburgh, Glasgow and the borders. Okay. And then the teams would be selected in each region and they would come together and play in a inter-district. Like a four-way kind yeah. of... But yeah. And then from there, the best players from there would go on and play your Scotland age grade stuff. So okay. Um, at under sixteen, uh, I never made it. I never made it. I never made it from that Fife team into that Cali team. Uh, and um, why did I not make it? Probably because I wasn't good enough. Um, I'd I'd relied on the fact that I was very much big fish, small pond. Okay, so you can rely on your physicality and your fitness yeah, and and, and yeah. when you if you if you don't have to look too far, like every district had someone like me. Okay. Like so, it was like what what made me stand out from from the other three in that or other four or five, and it was like there was nothing. Like uh, okay. they they had better skills than I did. Right. Like they they practiced their skills more than more than I had. Yeah. Um. And then at under seventeen, didn't didn't make it again. Um. But what I was really really guilty of and um was uh, I love to I love to fade an injury. And so by that I mean it was like I loved to milk an injury. All right. Okay. Yep. Um. So. Like and rugby's guilty on that front as well as is so little niggles. Yeah. I would be like no no I'm I'm not doing this. Sure. Whereas like other guys would be like oh I've got a little niggle but nah, I'm probably going to play on. Go so like straight away for that like I'd ruled myself out of selection like selection oh, okay. was, yeah it yeah. was just because. You, if you went to like those selection weekends and you didn't play, you never showcased yourself. Of course, yep. But yeah. I think I'd rested on my laurels in, in terms of, um, like, I think people like I think I th I thought I was better than I was. Okay. It, like if I'm honest. Yeah. Okay. I, pro I probably at that age I thought I was better yeah. rugby than I was. When you're when you're that age though, right? And then especially I think if you're, you know, when you said about a sort of big fish small pond, right? Like. It's probably quite easy to fall into that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. without having that kind of big picture view. But I reckon that big picture view only comes through through age, or at least experience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you talking about that now. Like like had you had your head right now on your shoulders back oh, then, like that would never, 16, like, it would never. It would never have happened. Yeah, so. you would have gone further, right? So then, um, my under eighteen year happened. So that was like the year that I left school, or I was leaving school. Okay. Um, so I like the way the age groups work. I was relatively young um, for my school year, but I was old for my rugby year. 
So yeah. I'm like one of those people that ha I have a February birthday. So I was very, very young in my school year. Yeah. And um, because of cutoffs like March, so my birthday's in 19th February. So like literally made that window and, and no more. Yeah. Um, but that made meant that I fell back in age group in rugby, okay. which actually like should have worked in my favour. Ah, okay, okay. Like you almost felt like one year longer than. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, so under 18 year came and that was the first year I was like well people are telling me that like I'm good at this but I'm like not like, so, yeah. yeah so why like why am I not getting selected for this so the first thing that I really focused in on that year was like right I'm going to hit the gym this year I was like because people in physical size are now catching up to me okay yeah um, so I'm going to spend multiple days a week in, in the gym so our rugby club had a small Essentially, we used to call it the tin shed because it was literally <laughs> a, a tin shed yeah, okay. attached onto the end of our stand. Um, but it was kitted out, um, and it was kitted out like for what we required. Pretty, like pretty it, good, it yeah. was good. So we got a bunch of um, of kit that was like X Five Council, um, and it was stuff that they had used for uh, like Tayside and Fife and Shed Sport had used it and. Okay had replaced their kit with new stuff so we got all the old stuff because oh, wow. one of our coaches worked for Tayside and Fife Institute right, okay. of Sport or, yeah. or as it was I don't know how if they still exist or, or, or what so um, <coughs> I would spend multiple days a week in there and it, it was simple stuff it was like I'm going to squat bench and dead and I'm going to do bicep curls uh, and all the fun stuff yep. um, but um, what that gave me was as well as now that I was bigger than everyone else I was also now I was I was now stronger than everyone else okay yeah yeah so the under 18 process came and I was also I was working on those skills to give myself like an extra string to my bow so right enough under 18 the Cali selection came and it was like a no-brainer yeah okay um although I nearly so I nearly didn't so um I nearly slipped through because I, I never got a letter and, it, and you, you always got a letter whether you were in or whether you were out. Right, okay. So like a couple of weeks after the trial had gone and I hadn't had either. Oh. So I had to phone the coach and be like, hey Dave, um, I haven't had a letter either way. Not had an email either way. So like, I don't really know. And that, so that's a really awkward conversation to have. Of course, yeah. Because if he turns to you and says, oh yeah, like you didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to be yeah. devastated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, so he was like, no, no, like you're in. So um, you said you're in, right? Yeah, so, ah, so amazing. I was in. Okay, cool. So then that so then that year turned into being this total whirlwind. So um the Cali stuff ran before Christmas, so it was very early on in the season. So you prepared for that and then what in the months of like August to December. Yeah. With the interdistrict seat happening in the early part of the year, so February, March. So we trained as as Cali now getting those boys together because you've got guys coming from Stirling, from Inverness, from Dundee, from Aberdeen together, and um, to train. So we only we train maybe three times, but every so often the national selectors would drop in. Oh, okay. Um, to see. So Christmas time came and um, a letter on my on my door appeared and it was an invitation to um, the Scotland Under Eighteen Christmas Camp. Oh wow. Okay. So and and in my eyes that had come out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but that was like ridiculously cool. Um, so um, I was like lucky enough to be able to go along and, and do that and uh, that was like on a whole different level. I was about to ask, so like what, what is the major, so obviously you'd been, 
you know, you you kind of been in like the, the, the some of the regional stuff, and then you were at the Cali fight basically a year. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden you're being asked to come to the camp. Yeah. Well. What was the what was the quality difference like from a from not only a, like almost like an athletic uh, back you know an athletic version of those like the guys in the regional level versus the Scottish level, but also in terms of the professionalism of the coaching and the setup. Yeah. So. Um, and that kind of regional Cali stuff, like you had one or two, bo- like without you had one or two boys here, and you, you kind of question like, how how have you made it here? Without mm-hmm. sounding arrogant, it's like right, how have you made it here? Yeah. Um, but then, and then you'd have like the be like the occasional mistake here or there that happened in training, but when you hit that national stuff, like mistakes just didn't happen right and literally everything was happening at 100 miles an hour yeah and and you're like i remember just being so shell-shocked i literally this is this is phenomenal yeah like and i remember standing back like so we we did a bunch of fitness tests in the morning um which ironically now i look back at how i got on on that and like it was probably appalling right and then um we did some like skill work, and then we essentially played a game on the on the second day. And I remember standing back at, um, like midway through that game, me like, I want to do this all the time. Right. Like okay, I want, yeah. like I like I want to be in this environment all the time because mm-hmm. this is so cool. Yeah. Because you're you're like and like surrounded by boys that are are now professional rugby players that are turning out for Scotland, um, yeah. at Six Nations and World Cup, and like That's you're sur- surrounded That's in so that cool. in that company, and I was like, yep. I want to be in this, mm. like, and I want to be in this all the time. So, uh, I walked away from that, and I think I made a pretty good account of myself. Uh, apart from on the fitness side, my actual rugby ability um, had kind of shone through. Yeah. Um, and all the things I'd worked on in terms of like being like stronger and and my skills better, like they they'd paid off. So then after Christmas went into that interdistrict period and then you so you play each other again and you kind of know because all the coaches talk like from the different regions so like I had a whisper in my ear you're doing all right you're you, you're you're in the you're in the shop window oh, like okay. keep, yeah, yeah. keep keep just playing well like keep doing this yeah. and and you're going to find yourself in and what that stayed with Scotland and the routine squad so March came April came and then right enough um letter dropped in the door hey you've made Scotland under 18 oh, wow. so so like from what like a year previous yep um, almost looked like all was lost in a way like yeah and it was like oh well I mean that would be a nice two like oh, that'd be a cool thing to say you'd done yep like a year of like just like kind of slightly head down yep um, work on the things you need to work on Did is that carried is that just a quick side note is that carried you now Has, because I see you basically like when I see you right you're like, <clears throat> in amongst your work and your clients and the classes and all that kind of stuff, what I see you do is training or eating. Yeah. Basically those two things. Like So has your history, your background, and it's almost like, you know, not making it when you were 16, not making it when you were 17, finding your feet at 18 and making it into the Cali team and then, all, and then, then going as far as this right now, like... That just probably just took you hard work. That time you said, I found a gym, I spent time in the gym, I kept my head down, and that's when things started to happen for you. Yeah. So does that, for you now, carry now in what you do? Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, absolutely. And then there's, so after so after that season, mm. it was like, 
the the hard work had like paid off. Yeah. But then I went back to being this like, all right, right, I've made it. So I took my foot off the gas again. Okay. So it was another setback that probably got me to the point where I am now. And it was and it was probably that realization a couple of years year after that actually if you don't work hard in in this and whatever it is that you may do, like people are going to be better than you are. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so right enough. So like in terms of the rugby story, the under eighteen season happened. Um, I actually after the first game really really badly injured my ankle. Oh shit. Okay. So I played one. I played one game. One game. Um, and then I didn't. I didn't play again. Um, and then the next year, um, I got a late call up to the Scotland under nineteen. So the boy that replaced me at under nineteen, um, he kept his spot, and then he got injured. Yeah. So essentially, I got my spot back, like for for one of the under nineteen fixtures. We had two fixtures that the year. He played one, I played one. Right. But then under twenties came, and I was like, right, this is what was the most important year of age grade. If you ever wanted to be a professional rugby player, came and I just, I just didn't put the work in. Oh wow. So yeah, okay. yeah, I picked up. I picked up what was like a pretty serious injury. So so, um, I tore my hamstring. Right. Um. And it was like at a pretty pivotal time in the season, so it was like October time. We were going into camp, like for the under twenty stuff around about that time, and um, so I couldn't train. And and I actually again I didn't play that year, um, until like the the early part of the following year, right? Like January time, I, I didn't play, um, so so that like really that was it. But had I done the work, I, I probably would have made it. Yeah, but I just rested on on the on the laurel that, like, I'm probably better at this than I think than I think I am. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So so simply like I just did not put the work in. Right. So so that was really the setback. Okay. That that was like right you. Like, if you want to do anything in in life, like you have to work at it. Like you're not, you're not going to be one of these people who, like, can rest on their laurels and, and get away with just it just make it yeah um, I think there are very few people that there are very few people that can but like yeah. first year Fraser you're not one of these people <laughs> um, so then that's and that's the stage where I started to work in the pub so like coming full circle that's the point where where like the rugby thing had kind of passed and and or the serious rugby thing had kind of passed yeah uh, and I was like right um, I I need to like start focusing on what I'm going to do with my life so mm. That's how I ended up working in, in the pub trade. Right. Okay. And were you playing rugby alongside that though as well? Like, in a, in a yeah. Uh, yeah. Fashion? So, so yeah. So after that, I I ret- I was playing for the How Fife and Cooper, and that that was my local club and the club that I'd been at since I was like fourteen, fifteen, and um, so I'd played with them. So yeah, I played for their first fifteen, and I played for them uh, up until really I stopped playing uh, okay. until until I found CrossFit. I played for the same same club. So oh, that's cool. Loads and loads yeah. of high and lows. I think I've got something like hundred and hundred and fifty appearances or something. Um, Brilliant. For for the first fifteen, uh, which is cool, uh, and there's loads and loads of like cool memories in which I would dive into. But very much like step back. Well, we still took it seriously because it was because we played at a high level. Yeah. So like the commitment was there. Um, so we still worked, but like we like we had to work. So we were still in the gym three times a week. We trained twice a week. Um, but did everyone did everyone at that team have like other jobs? There was, yeah, there was no had, scope. For, yeah, we had yeah. guys that were mechanics. There was people like myself. There were students. Um, um, all sorts of backgrounds. Doctors, right. like people who who um, just loved playing rugby. Sure. Um, okay. But wanted to play at a good enough level. Yeah. So 
and for the most part, the majority of them put in loads and loads of work, and and the team was successful. Sure. Um, but so I'd gotten to a point where I was like, I, like I loved it, but I was like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with this. So I was like, I got to I think by that point I was maybe 25, and I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have one last push at it. So I made the plan to move to a club in Edinburgh who had been recently promoted into what is the top tier of club rugby. Right. Um, but and by this point I'd, I'd started CrossFit okay and I'll, I'll come to that but yeah. by this point I'd kind of started training CrossFit in, in St Andrews but I was still working in the pub and um, travelling to Edinburgh after a day's work was not an option so I was going to have to travel essentially to Edinburgh three times a week right okay um, it's quite a commitment yeah and, and after two weeks of doing that when pre-season started I was like I can't do this right Um and then after that, I just didn't play again. Like, I didn't go back to training with my oh, local you club. you just stopped? Um, like yeah, I'd, I'd literally just stopped. I'd, I'd done what was... I'd done a CrossFit competition at that point, purely for fun. Yeah. But at that point, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with rugby. And, and I, I'm okay about it. You're still okay about that now? Yeah. 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 So, so how long's that been now? Uh, this is year four. Oh, okay. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, so you're definitely much, okay about it. Pretty much here for yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not like you're like yeah. Going. So I am okay about it. Um, I don't miss it. I don't. I don't miss the battering and the bruising, the broken bones. Um, the yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, there are days so like uh, where I go down on a sunny day and watch sevens. I'm like, oh yeah, like I could play Quite today. Fancy that, yeah. I could play today, yeah. but that's like few and far between. Okay. Yeah. Um. So really, it was that last year, um, where I was like, I was, I could feel I was falling out of love rugby. Where I'd found you guys in, in St Andrews, so I walked through the door in about February of that year. Yeah. And I was, I really walked in with the view that, you know, this is just going to be good for my, my strength and conditioning in terms of, of making me a, a, as good a rugby player as as I wanted to be. Yeah. But. Yeah. So I, I started just as any person that would walk through the door. I walked in and did a free class and um, not really knowing like what to expect. So I'd, I, I briefly kind of knew you guys before yep. um, and stuff through, um, through being in here for treatment, yes. like being in FFD for treatment. Yeah. So I'd like, I've kind of seen it from the periphery, yeah. but hadn't really experienced it. Sure. But like after three or four sessions, I was like, "This is cool." Okay, this is cool. Yeah, this is this is kind of cool. like. Uh, is it fair to describe it at times a little bit like rugby without taking the hits? Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Because you know something, right? I've always uh, obviously when we when we when we first opened and we were thinking about like who would be like our perfect kind of member, who'd be the people that would, would love this stuff. My instant thought was rugby players, and the reason I thought that was because like. If you think about it, if you know what a cleaning jerk is, like a CrossFit style cleaning jerk, you know, you're kind of like picking up a guy, chucking him out of the way type thing. Yeah. And then maybe doing a couple of burpees afterwards, getting knocked down. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like the transferability is uh, so, 100%. Like, for me, so transferable. Like, so, so the movement the movement patterns that we go through in CrossFit, just they literally mimic rugby. Yep. Like 100%. Yeah. So um, listen, guys, if you are in a rugby team, get your ass to CrossFit immediately. Um. <laughs> Well, we'll go. We'll, we'll go. We'll dive into that further. Um, so yeah. So the first, the first like few months was literally, I was in 
once a day doing class um and and that was that like you would literally walk out the door you're like oh this is amazing yeah and then um i got roped into my first crossfit competition like the may june of that year so the first crossfit comp i did was the fourth valley throwdown yes um very good competition yeah which no, which no which no longer exists hi neil <laughs> neil sort that please <laughs> um so um that was the first i got roped in purely because uh tom stanley needed a partner right okay um and <laughs> so he was like how do you I think I, I think i remember this actually so how do you fancy doing it and i was like well i mean i can't even do like like I can hardly even do a pull up never mind like a, a bar muscle up um, <laughs> yeah. or any of that jazz but what I can do is by this point like I had some pretty good Olympic weightlifting numbers yeah. and, and I can pull a roar yes so, you can um, I, you know what I, 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 I don't know if I said this in Adam's podcast right but I freaking hate going against like you and like Adam and basically anyone taller than me yeah it's because we're tall on a, it's because we're I'm, tall and heavy and I'm average height right and these guys are not average height what are you 6'2"? Yeah, 6'3". Yeah, oh, there you go. So, like, those big, long-ass legs, right? So, it doesn't matter how hard I try, I can't keep up with you. Yeah, it's, it's, anyway, it's a tall man's game. Yeah. So, I got, I got, I got roped in, and uh, I remember the qualifiers coming out, and realistically, I, I looked at them, and I was like, like, we're not going to qualify. Yeah. Like, your initial insight, so, one of the one of the workouts, the last workout, I had 25 bar muscle-ups. Okay. Um, split between Tom and I, sure. so... I mean, I can't. I, at this point, I, I couldn't do a bar muscle up. Right. Okay. I, like, I was pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd been doing it for three like or four months. Smashing your like. Yeah, literally sterno smashing my sternum yeah. against the bar, <laughs> like a really, really good chest bar pull up. Um, that's by the way. That's like the for those who don't know. That's like the classic fail for people who are like definitely strong enough to get a muscle up, but just don't really know how to move yet. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> that, so that was a lot. So that was the last workout, and uh, Tom had to do all twenty-five bar muscle ups. Yeah, now he was, uh, and give Tom his credit, by the way, like, that dude's a beast. He's yeah, a beast. Yeah, yeah, right? he absolutely is. Yeah. He absolutely is. Yeah. Um, but we just did enough. So we did enough, um, mainly because there was a rowing and a moderately heavy thruster bar. Sounds like something you'd be pretty good at. Yeah, so even at that stage, like, rel- like so relatively low skill, yeah. heavy enough to cause people some problems. Sure. Um and then like con- like conditioning, I'd done it long enough that my conditioning was probably okay. Yeah. Um. So we did well enough in, in that workout alone to kind of make sure that we qualified. So, we, so there was ten teams qualified, and I think we qualified tenth. Right. Okay. So we literally just enough to make. We it, literally yeah. snuck in. So mm-hmm. that was like the the world opened up like competitive CrossFit for me. Um. So I went to the finals that day, and at this stage, I I knew I knew nothing about anyone in anything to do with CrossFit right. apart from like Tom Hobson going on about it, these guys that had been at like regionals and I'm like what even is regionals like what, <laughs> what are you talking about yeah. and, I, and I remember like I'd been getting into Fourth Valley and be like I am so massively out of my depth here so I rocked up and I had I remember like rocking up and I had like some like old gym shorts that I'd gotten for like free stash for playing rugby and I had like a, a Scottish rugby t-shirt <laughs> And I had like running and a banana, yeah, and, and an had, orange, and I had like running, I had like running shoes on, right, so yeah. I, like I had a pair of running shoes on, yeah. ready, right, right, I'm ready, like CrossFit, <laughs> and uh, there was then there was like these guys that were like in ridiculously good shape, but like walking around and they had like rogue shorts, and then it was now obviously I know all about that stuff now, but at that time I was like, yeah, these guys look like they're taking this really seriously, <laughs> like 
yeah. like throw down to me I was like oh that's fun like that yeah, like, yeah we're going like, to throw like, down, we're gonna a laugh drink a beer yeah, yeah. and, and, and uh, it, it wasn't so it wasn't until I watched some of these guys I was like holy crap yeah like these guys are seriously fit um, so um, and the guys that, that we're competing against the regionals guys I actually I know a little bit better now so um, it was Ali and Simon Sure. From Miss Bride. Yeah. And uh, hi guys, if you're listening to us. So, so I've now gotten to know Ali, Ali like a, like a little bit better. Yeah. And it, you don't actually realize like how like how fit and how good these guys are. Mm-hmm. So I think like we on the first and third workouts we we finished we, like Tom and I finished last. Right. But what we did have was there was like a clean ladder in the middle. Okay. So I'm in a fort- I was in a fortunate position where I walked into crossfit with some pretty good olympic weightlifting numbers yeah. so like i could clean 120 before i ever started crossfit because of because of rugby because i was strong sure, yeah. because of the snc stuff i'd done through age grade like i knew how to clean yep so there was this clean ladder and it was like 12 10 8 6 4 of cleans and it started at 80 and it finished at 120 and uh i was like this is the best thing ever so mm-hmm. in that workout we finished third oh wow right okay um only ali and simon and then liam and scott from ult yep beat us okay. and I was like right this is cool this is cool yeah. and um, by the way there's nothing cooler than a, like a clean ladder oh uh, like yeah it, that, that type of workout looks the coolest yeah is the most fun yeah and yeah, it was for like sure. it was it was really cool so that gave me a taster and then really from there the competitive CrossFit thing for me is just like ta- just like taking off mm. and then massively lesson like the lesson learned from from like the whole rugby thing was like and from really from seeing those guys on, on that first day is like these guys have worked. Yeah. And it's like, if you want to be that good, you're going to have to work. So on that front, what does your, what, like, what does a, a typical day for you look like? And, and, and maybe preface that with, what are your goals right now? So like, where do you want, like, what is your goal kind of thing? Like, let's call it like a, maybe a year, two years, three years perhaps. And then let the guys know, like, what does a normal day for you look like? Do you know what I mean? Um, so the, the competitive things, kind of gone from strength to strength like in the last year and a half so um this year so far i did the euro champs at the start of the year yep and then i did um crossfit strength and depth sanctioned event so really um in terms of goals going forward um uh, next year i'd like to so i made the semi-finals of euro champs this year yep next year i'd like to put myself in the shot window to make the final next year Cool. That's goal. That's short term goal number one. Okay, perfect. And that's that's like legit hard work. Yes. Next year, in terms of sanctioned events, I'd like to do one as an individual, but then I'd also like to do one as a team. Okay. Like I think that I think in terms of that, that'd be a cool thing to do. Yes. Um, given that within the business we now have a like have our comp program that we've got like a good amount of athletes on now yep. I think it'd be a really really cool thing for both teams of hey like our comp program like we've taken this team to to one of the sanctioned events wh- whichever one that may be yeah um, and we're, we're going to come we're going to swing around on that um, that comp program actually we're going to talk about that so what's your day look like then so um, like an average day you know so days um, most mornings uh, first thing is PT so sure. um, clients in so um, seven eight nine most days clients and then I'll have uh, a morning, like some some degree of morning, which is simply conditioning. That will right. tend to be what it is. And a little bit of accessory. So that might be like a 40-minute session. 
And then during the day, so obviously people work, so like I tend not to be like full or, or have a lot on in the middle of the day. So that's my opportunity where um, all of the business side of things happen. Right. Um, so whatever needs to be done, like kind of gets done. So in terms of operations, you guys kind of plan in what's happening I just put them into place and, yeah. and see like how like how that's gonna work for us, what like what we're gonna gain from that. Sure. And yeah. just make sure that everything works within within the facility yeah. and, and, and that's it's I mean it's a pretty straightforward role. Um and then like the and then how the programme works in, in there as well. Guys, thank you for making it this far. Um, this episode went on for far too long, so what I've decided to do is uh, split it into two different episodes. So thank you so much for making it this far. Um, I'll probably drop uh, the part two of this episode, which is not quite as long, uh, in just like, the next couple of days. So guys, thank you as always for listening. Uh, a five star would be greatly appreciated. Tell your friends about it, and we will see you on the next episode. There's a ton of good stuff coming your way, guys. Speak soon.